Good evening and welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Backstage Pass. I'm your host, Vince Edwards. You may know me from Sound Image Productions. Uh, I got a couple of closed Facebook roadie groups on uh, Facebook, which are called Death by Loadout and The Backstage Pass. Come check us out over there. We're having some fun. Um, tonight, I got next to me my good, good friend, Kyle Thomas. How you doing, brother? Not too bad. How about yourself, big dog? Oh, man. Uh, crazy day. Lots of wacky, wild, fun stuff going on in here. You guys did that show today with uh, Brad and Greg. Great Price Brad Maddox. Um, I guess it was that some Google-related thing or something. I'm not exactly sure what the details were on that. I don't know what the, the details were. It was for uh, a group, and uh, we did a little... I think there's an Avid them. connection to it. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the content was for an Avid connection. Regardless, we knocked that out. Then we had Cole Panther, singer-songwriter in here. <clears throat> we were helping him with some production yeah, he went uh, through like three or four songs, huh? I think at least three or four, yeah, right in there. And, you know, great, great singer, longtime friend. Uh, we've been knowing him, God, for 30 years or so, kind of a very icon. Goes deep, huh? Yeah, he's a great guy. And awesome. uh, so it was nice having him in here for that. And then there was the case push. To, I, I believe they were calling it like the death of the industry funeral or some shit like that. Um, but we contributed some guys and 20 cases. I think uh, Kyle Anderson went on that and our, our good, good friend, Winston da Dama. I, I, I call him Winston Dame because that's how it's spelled. And he's over there right now playing around on the S6L having fun. And so, but I'm trying to remember his actual name is Winston Dama. I've been known him all these years. I've been calling him Winston Dame and he's been letting me get away with it. Mm. It's absolutely, I never, no, <laughs> I would have smacked me around like five years ago. I know, you keep on, on calling him the wrong name. <laughs> it's Dama. He'll be next week's guest, by the way. He's an incredibly fascinating cat. Um, what, what's going on with you? Yeah, I mean, uh, we just had Polly Montero in and his band, uh, sure. My Heavy Memory. Uh, it was, it's, I think we we're setting up some some live streaming stuff with him. So that's correct. Look, look forward to that. Uh, we also got another uh, Scoville meeting today on the SXL. I think this marks uh, three months of classes now. Yeah, it's quite solid, substantial. Yeah, yeah. I think he's to a point where he wants to. We were talking with him earlier, man, George, and. Uh, he was saying that he was going to scale it back to once a month because of some other things and because of where the training is at. Right. Yeah. We're all such as, I mean, I feel like Sound Image as a whole, anybody that's been contributing to it and listening, it, it just must be an absolute beast on the console. Because I feel very confident on it. I can imagine how everybody else would feel after taking his class. So His classes are, I mean, extraordinarily informative. He's really good and patient as a teacher. You know, you couldn't be asked for a better teacher. No, it's a blessing in disguise for yeah. sure. Yeah, I don't even think it's in disguise. I think it's just a straight-up blessing. Yeah, and, no, you might be right. <laughs> and Although he doesn't want me to call him Bob, I, I did on the phone with him today. It was, <laughs> it was actually during the week before we opened up the training to the rest of the group. George and I were on a Zoom call with him. And, you know, it's just the nature of roadies who are just busting each other's balls through the whole thing uh, in a very loving way. Um, but, yeah, I think the class went well today, and the guys are super happy. And Yeah, we also got this thing. this uh, Big Love concert event mm. pretty soon for What's the benefit. About? Talk about it. Uh, it's a Rick Allen and Lauren uh, Monroe's project. They've been making some music for quite some time now, but the, mm. their new project's pushing for... Uh, the Sweet Relief Benefit, along with uh, Raven Drum Foundation Project Resilience, I think, as well. As I believe that's what it's called. And uh, it's all just supporting, you know, uh, roadies and people in our industry that, you know, need some help right now. So. It's in these tough times, kind of struggling. 
I believe there's also a mental health component to this mission yeah. that talks about uh, you know suicide prevention and where to reach out for folks if you need them when there's a bunch of so it's they're heading it so Rick Allen of Def Leppard and Lauren Lauren Moreau are, are are that's husband and wife and they have this great band wonderful band they oh, amazing yeah I mean really sound great uh, check them out on YouTube they have a, there's a wonderful song called Big Love on that's fascinating and she has a page on Facebook called the Big Love Army or Big Love Army. Uh, that's a very sweet place to be, good place to get your head straight, and there's a lot of resources there and good, kind people. Check that out. Um, but this, we're attaching stars to it now to be part of the benefit package. So it's looking, I don't want to jump out too early, but, but there's some really impressive, important people that I think will make it uh, more of a, an easier sell. People will want to tune into this. So we'll keep you posted. I was just going to name a bunch of rock stars' names, but it may be too early. Let's wait for some confirmations, and then we'll, uh, we'll, did we see, we'll get into it. Did we see Kenny Wardell today as well? Kenny Wardell came in. I that's, think he stopped by. I thought I saw him. In the I would, I'm going to have to tell you about this after the show because there's some interesting developments. Good. All good. I don't want to use interesting in the pejorative. Um, but he came by. He's So Kenny Wardell is the founder and owner of... Uh, Bay Area Music, also known as BAM, or the BAMies, also BAMZoom and BAMMagazine.com and BAM.com. So these are all obviously things uh, related to each other, but serve in different ways for um, Bay Area Music. And he's a legend, as you know, in, in the Bay Area scene. Everybody from Greg Kinn, The Journey, Carlos Santana, um, Metallica. The last show, Chris I think, Isaac, right? Dude. The day before our last show... Dates slipping me. That was hit, uh, Dan Ashley's inauguration yes. for the heavy he, uh, head of the uh, Bammies. Foundation. He turned over kind of the helm. Now he's still Kenny. No, I mean he's still hands on in some ways. But and Dan Ashley, kind of a legendary uh, news talent in the area, uh, newscaster guy, all around good guy. Uh, he gave them. He turned over the presidency of the foundations, the spe specifically the foundation, which is a music cares kind of thing, you know. And that was very nice. Yeah, what a sweetheart. Well, I mean, Dan, I like both of them very much. We've been in contact for, what, several weeks before that, just setting up the whole event. Yeah. He's been so, such a reasonable guy, very creative. Mm -hmm. he's, a, he's a marketing expert, logistics expert. He's just the guy that gets things done when it has come to this. Through many, many, I met him in the middle 80s. I was with a band called Eddie and a Titan. Uh, well, I'd go into, but, but we won a, the band won a bunch of awards, and we came in to be on the, be in the to accept the awards, and and Journey came out and gave the awards to us, and then we played a set and or played a song or two, and uh, we've been hanging out with him ever since. He's a, a, a dear man. No shit. Um, but let's, without further ado, it's good to hear you're doing well in all these things, and we're busy, um, <laughs> in in a in a way, not the, the busy we traditionally get up to, but in a way. Um, but I'd like to talk to our guest now. He's a fascinating cat. He's a good, good friend, and we, we love him very much. He is the caterer to the stars. Go to, there you go. Uh, he's a caterer to the stars. He's Steve Orgain. How are you doing, Steven? <laughs> Great, Vinny, thanks. Oh, man, it's so good to have you here. Buddy, I gotta ask you, how did you get into this business? How did you decide that it was, uh, Obviously, you have some affinity for food and making wonderful, yummy, tasty foods. Um, how did you get into business and start doing a catering for rock shows? Well, I opened up a delicatessen and catering business in Walnut Creek back in 1985. And uh, one of my loyal customers right off the bat was just approached me one day and said, Hey, uh, I've got a couple of shows coming up. 
do you think you could you could help us out and cater them? And I, I my eyes lit up. Yeah. I, I love music, so I said sure. And so uh, he had me. Uh, we did two shows. The first show was at the Concord Pavilion, and we did Sha Na Na. <laughs> and then uh, the following week, we did a show at the uh, Paramount Theater with Del Shannon. Wow. And so uh, I, I was, I was kind of hooked. I, I introduced myself to the, the management of both places and said, hey, I, I'd, lo I'd love to do this, and I'd love to work with you more. Uh, and so I got the opportunity to, to, at the time, the Concord Pavilion was run by the city of Concord. Mm -hmm. And I got an opportunity to, to put together a bid to do some shows in the future. And... Uh, uh, the production manager at the time was a guy named Bill Keithlin, mm -hmm. guy I loved to death. I did a lot. We did 10, 10 years at the Concord Pavilion. Uh, but anyway, he, he came and met me at the business and said, well, you know, I'd like to, uh, we'd like to use you for, at the Concord Pavilion. And I thought, oh, this is awesome. I said, give me the date so I can put them on a calendar. And he says, well, we want you to do all the dates. <laughs> so from, from like 19... I believe it was 1986 and, until about 1998. We did we did virtually every show at the pavilion. I definitely ate those, some of those shoes myself a few times. And yeah, great place. It's it's a unique spot, and a lot of good bands come and go through there. Yeah. And so I, I bet that was fun. Yeah, it was fun. You know, I want to get in. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump around here a little bit. It's kind of the way I interview. We won't go linearly. We're gonna go. Um, so I, I've done some shows out at Alcatraz prison rock the island or yes. the rock as we call it up here um it's a very it's very rare to be able to do shows out there it's not something they you know do frequently but you've done some shows out there and i know the challenges that we've faced bringing out you know rock gear yeah what was it like doing shows on the rock for you catering big rock shows and which ones did you do well, we did uh, two years in a row. We did uh, shows. Uh, the first one was to kick off T-Mobile when they first got in the business. Okay. And uh, and then they did a they followed it up the following year as well. Um, so uh, I got I got a call and I, I love this. Uh, you know, I I love like answering the phone or looking at email and all of a sudden there's this like challenging great event coming up sure and exciting. i could raise my hand and say yeah i'll do it yeah and uh when alcatraz came up uh, i just i jumped all over that um i had to take i had to take all my i had to take my truck and a refrigerated trailer and some other stuff to point richmond and they they put it on a sling put it on a barge and took it over there right and then i met them over there yeah so kind of interesting that the my first time really on alcatraz i was born in san francisco and i'd never been to alcatraz um, I think we think of it as a little touristy. Yeah, so you know, I frequent I, it. Yeah. So, uh, so I was with one other guy, and we went and we set. We spent the whole day setting it up, and this was uh, this was during Fleet Week, so we got the Blue Angels flying sure. over our heads. Yeah, and, super fun. And uh, and it's like about seventy-five degrees, and and most of the time I I dress just like I am right now. I'm in shorts and a and a polo and yeah. So. We're out there all day, and, and we're not really paying attention. And, and, and you have to take the ferry from San Francisco over there. That's how everybody gets there. Correct. That's working the show. That's right. And uh, so me and my guy, we're out there, and all of a sudden, you know, it's getting a little late, and 
we we asked them, well, when's the ferry come back? They said, well, there's not an, there's not another yeah, ferry. Yeah, you, you missed the ferry. I missed the ferry. <laughs> and they had a shuttle. They had a tugboat that came out at 2 a.m. Yeah. And uh, and that was going to be our ride home. Well, now it went from 75 degrees to it must have been 40. We were freezing. Oh, it gets cold as hell on that island. Yeah. It can be cold in the daytime. Just the wind ripping through there under the oh, gate. Oh my goodness. So yeah. you know, we it's weren't some, prepared. I mean, nothing. So yeah, that's true. The one guy I was working with just kind of cuddled up in a corner until that <laughs> boat came. But the thing is, is that, you know, we finished setting up, and we had to have breakfast up by 7 a.m. So we get back to San Francisco at, like, 3 o'clock, and I had a, my truck meet me there. We reloaded it on the ferry at seven at 6 o'clock and went back over there and, and got breakfast up. Oh, Jesus so. Christ. That was, it sounds like a, a rough but what 20, a trip. 36 I mean, hours. Al- Alcatraz it's is just awesome to work yeah. on. Uh, just... It was my first time being on the island. I got an opportunity to tour it on yeah. my own. Yeah, and they paid you tour. to boot. You usually got to pay, and it's not cheap to go there. No. They, they really get the tourists on that one. And it's a fascinating place, you know, no doubt about it. The history is rich. But and, I learned the rest, we were there for seven days. Yeah. And the rest of the week, I brought layers of clothes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would, yeah. Say, I would say that makes perfect sense. I screwed up in the beginning, in the intro of this. I didn't mention that you run an amazing company called Chef's Touch. Tell us about Chef's Touch. What's the mission over there? What's the, the mission statement, as it were, the elevator speech on Chef's Touch? Well, uh, we're, I, have a, I have a deli and, and, and a catering business still. Our deli is still open. Okay. Um, uh, we just, we, we, we cater to all kinds of stuff, but mainly to the entertainment industry. Yes, sir. Um, and so, uh, you know, our, our goal, number one, is to stay busy yeah. uh, and, and just keep doing what we're doing. Well, we'll certainly, uh, we benefit from your wonder, your largesse every so often, Tuesdays, sometimes Thursdays, you come in with some wonderful treats, because I guess you get an account nearby, yeah. right, where you feed a lot of yes. people, yes. corporate thing, and uh, yeah, we we get some of the overflow, it's really nice, so you're, yeah. <laughs> you're spoiling us, Steve, uh, and we thank you very much for it. Um, we Remember uh, 1989, we had a very large earthquake, an yes. extraordinary earthquake that toppled a bunch of bridges and buildings, and it was a thing, it was pretty rough. That night, my brother and I were at Candlestick Park, where the World Series was taking place, where chunks of the building were falling off on people and shit. And you were at the Concord Pavilion catering to a Stevie Nicks uh, Hooters show. Hooters, yes. Tell us how that went once the earthquake came at 517, and what happened, what preceded that? Well, we, uh, we were driving to the show, and we were at a stoplight, and my, my truck just started rocking. Yeah. And I, I thought, the first thing I thought is somebody was playing a joke. I mean, they jumped on the back and were like, you know, while we were at the stop sign, it'll get yeah. my attention. You hoped that was and what was I going on. Up <laughs> and I saw the telephone wires just rocking. And I thought, oh, man, we're having an earthquake. And uh, we, we traveled up to the Concord Pavilion. And uh, everybody was on kind of lockdown. A lot of the audience had started to arrive. And uh, we went ahead and set up dinner. Uh, and they told us that, you know, everybody had to kind of stay there until it was safe to drive. And uh, we fed all the entertainers. They all stayed. Um, Stevie Nicks, uh, we, at the time, at the Concord Pavilion, we used, all the meals were served below the stage. Sure. And uh, it was like kind of an orchestra room, and they had a grand piano for people to practice and that kind of stuff. And Stevie got on that grand piano and played for like two hours straight. She was working out her nerves. Therapy, she, yeah. yeah, she had some nerves over that, and you can, can't blame her. That was a hell of an earthquake. 
Yeah. But that was, what a treat, huh? Yeah. Having Stevie Nicks up on the stage at Concord playing the piano in a therapeutic way to all these Well, it's symbols. funny, because I actually, I was a huge fan of the Hooters at the time. Great band. And I was, I'd, I'd worked with Stevie Nicks before and Fleetwood Mac, and so I was more looking forward to seeing the Hooters. Uh, well, at that time, from was that, 89? They were killing it right then. Yeah. They were, they kind of had the radio all locked down. They had a couple, three songs that were really big, and yeah, yeah. I, could, I could understand that. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, I know you have um, some experiences with Mr., the one and only Bill Graham, Bill Graham Presents, BGP. Um, talk to us about that. I know that you actually have an interesting story about the last time you saw Bill Graham. Well, um, you know, I worked with Bill Graham Presents uh, for a while, and uh, most of the time I didn't interact with Bill. That's not uncommon uh, he, to work with yeah, he, BGP. You know, he yeah. passed by and everything else. Sure. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the caterer or whatever. But uh, we were doing Huey Lewis in the News at the Pavilion. And uh, it was kind of a stormy night. Yeah. I think a lot of people know, you know, the conditions, that kind of stuff. And sure. him and his girlfriend and his pilot came in, and they were the last guys in the dining room. So we, they sat down with me, and we all, it was the first time I really got to chat with Bill. First and last, sadly. First and last, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know. Um, Are you telling me that you had, just so I understand you correctly, because Bill Graham's, I don't know, legendary in this, this industry, this business, what he did in so many ways uh, is was the, the beginning, was a template for what we do now. So you're, you're at the Concord, you're doing a show, and Bill and his gal and their pilot, his helicopter pilot, which he was notorious for getting around in his, his helicopter, yeah. had dinner with you. And then the next time you hear about Girl Graham was when? After he- Yeah, he, actually driving home. So you're driving home, and the guy you had dinner with a few hours earlier yeah. has been that he's died because he's his helicopter has flown into some transmission line. Right. Incredible. Yeah. So weird. Isn't that strange? Some of the stuff that we get involved with and happens around us. It's, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a that was a rough, a huge loss. I mean, what a loss. Luckily, he left it in a position, the company in a position where it could largely run by itself and with the, the help of the people he had trained up and trusted. It was and just, so. it was the beginning of, uh, you know, I, most, the, before, when Bill Graham Presents was still Bill Graham, most of my experience yeah. in this business was working at, at the Concord Pavilion and, and Bill Graham Presents was just starting to book the acts there. Sure. Originally, it was the city of Concord that Correct. took it all. They had a booking and agent so, out of the uh, city, yeah. You know, I, he's always, I've always, you know, I, I've always thought he's just an amazing man. You know, I love the music industry. I loved Woodstock, all the things that he was famous for. And to be able to actually sit down and talk with him. And it was just like uh, like you and I are talking. We just sat down and kind of chatted it up. And uh, When he wasn't in business mode, when he wasn't making sure everybody was doing their job right, he was a very affable person. Yeah. When it was time to make sure shit was happening. And you, like you didn't sit on Bill Graham shows until after soundcheck, meaning everything was dealt with. Yeah, there was no sitting. He would not. He would not um, cotton to that very well. He, he'd get right on your ass, and and a lot of times you might be asked to go home. So he was he was a tough guy to to uh, to work for. But you know he made us all better at what we did, and therefore the product, the end result was always better. And yeah. I, I miss him to this day. So unique story, and uh, and I guess somebody has to have their last supper with folks before they go and. Wow, just uh, unusual. Treasure Island. I know, now, Treasure Island is an island off of uh, the Bay Bridge. Yes. And it's a very special, unique place. They had a music festival for years. And you were their caterer for, what, 2006 to 18, I think? Yeah, That's actually, eight, 18, they, you know, they, they, the last, I think, 
17 was the last year. They actually did it on Treasure Island, and then the next year they did it at uh, 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 Harbor Park or something. And, uh, kind of a similar type of venue, but in Oakland, not not at Treasure Island. Right, right. Still called it the, the same festival, but... Well, that's just brand name yeah, recognition type yeah. thing. But they had some huge-ass shows out there. I mean, yes. these were not small events. Uh, what, any special logistical tech challenges to that? Um, I mean, it is a little island, and it's off, you know. It's yeah, it was, it was it, for us, it, was, it turned out to be a segue to do Outside Lands because it was the first really big uh, music festival we did where we, each day we had, we had, you know, over 20 artists and multiple stages. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, doing music festivals, we not only do breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but we do a late night meal. So we're pretty much working around the clock. Yeah, I know you guys are killing it on those jobs. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, talk um, about killing it. Well, go ahead, finish. I'm sorry. Oh no, it's okay. Uh, Treasure Island wasn't like Alcatraz. Uh, no. It, it, we actually. <laughs> it's actually uh, a way to drive for, off of it. For most <laughs> of those years at Treasure Island, weather weather was really good. It was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, Treasure Island. I don't know. It's. Microclimate-wise, it, it operates slightly different, and I yeah. and there's a, it's considerably larger too. Um, but yeah, I've I don't remember having many the many many shows we've done there. I don't remember it ever not being really good. Yeah, I think we had one where it was a little fog. I want a beautiful backdrop. Really. Yeah, right. I, I mean, mean, you know, you're the, looking at the city and the Golden Gates across the way, and it's all yeah, it's all. That, that's one of those events that uh, it's a lot of work. You know, it's yeah. a lot of hours, but it's it's fun at the same time. So you don't think about it. Yeah, yeah. You're you know, I'm very lucky you're getting yeah. paid to to be out in a very special place doing a special thing. Yeah. You mentioned Outside Lands. Now this is Outside Lands is uh, is quite a concern. I mean, this is seven stages takes up the whole of Golden Gate Park. And for people who don't know, Golden Gate Park is massive. It's very big. How do you cater? And I believe you did that, what, 2008 to, to 17. So you have, what, nine years in that sucker. Yeah. That's a hell of a thing. And I've eaten, on that one, I've eaten your food, I think, every one of those years in that giant tent. Yeah, yeah. Talk about that. How do, you, how do you feed seven stages and all the artists and all the hands and something like that? It's a, what, it's a three-day thing. So when do you get there? Do you get there Wednesday, Thursday? Uh, it, that was, I think, a 10-day event because uh, I think we had uh, three or four days of build days yeah. plus the show days plus uh, loadout day. Sure. Um, I, I think probably that's just like the, this business as far as catering is concerned. You, you walk in with one notion of what um, what you're going to be doing and then things get added on. They just, you know, you're Change constantly orders. getting this new project and, sure. and can you do this and can you, you know, can we add uh, another hundred meals tomorrow and all that kind of stuff. And uh, um, it was a challenge, but once again, uh, I think just uh, once you get into it, once you get started, you know, with the day, you just you know, kind of go with the flow and, and make it all happen. Now I have to say, for me, you know, we I think we had about 65 employees working each day, yeah, that makes and sense. Uh, without like tremendous, just tremendous employees and leaders that work with me, I mean, you can't make it happen. You know, we had uh, 26 artists and, like you said, seven stages, and somebody's yeah. got to run all of that. And plus, yeah. we're, you know, we're feeding six, seven hundred people per meal, and you know, we've got that two, that dreaded 2 a.m. meal to do as well. And uh, without just an incredible staff, and uh, you know that—that's what makes it happen. And I, kudos off to all the people that have worked with me over the years, and and 
Yeah, no, no two ways about it. That it's first of all, it's a logistical nightmare out there um, to put the shows on, and your part of it is no small part. And without you, the rest of us would be hating it. I mean, it can be rough out there. You know, the hours are ridiculous. And like you said, there's so many. There's a ton of artists. It's very spread out. Yeah. And uh, but it's it's thrilling. It's one of the best in my mind. And I've been to a lot of different festivals and uh, outside lands. Uh, San Francisco's outside lands. So usually about a hundred thousand in attendance per day. Yeah. Pretty special stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And they went to the best, of course. I we got a pretty good question that just came up. What uh, do we got over there? Charlie oh, asked, does Steve's company uh, tour with acts, with any acts? Uh, Charlie asked us. Charlie's Ricky. Hi, Charlie. This is a good friend of the show. Oh. I cannot say this enough about this one. He's my favorite person in many ways. Uh, my, other than my beautiful, loving, amazing wife and her incredible mother, Beverly, who are watching. Hi, girls. Um, uh, Charlie Zarecki is asking you, do you do any uh, catering on touring shows? Do you tour? No. You're a regional thing. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, we've been asked to tour before. Sure. Uh, but uh, the, the most we've done is do a Northern California stint with the band. Sure. So that makes uh, sense. one that comes to mind is we, uh, we did a show with Bruno Mars, uh, I think in San Jose, and then we did them in Oakland. Then we went up to Sacramento. Yeah. Um, they actually asked us. They said, "You know, will you will you tour with us? This has been amazing." Um, yeah, great tour. That and I, you know, I thought about it for a, a millisecond and <laughs> realized I'm not prepared to go on the road. But it's a different animal than what you've chosen yeah, to do. You, yeah. you can keep yourself. But I love. Busy. I actually love that when we when we can work with the same band uh, all over Northern California yeah. and be with them for three. You really get to know them. Yeah. After the first day, you kind of do, and then you really get to know them by the third show and. That that's always been great. Well, food has, and time has a, a interesting ability to do that to bring people together to kind of create an atmosphere where you can you know speak a little more. Um, you might you might spend more time having a free conversation than you would if you know you were sound tech right. and we're just running and gunning behind stage. It's a it's right. a different thing. It's funny because I know <laughs> you've been here many times when different folks have come in and out. Um, um, and we have a lot of friends in the industry that come and visit and for other business reasons and stuff. And you're like, oh, yeah, you. So what do you, and then you guys start talking about what they do. And he goes, you know, I've seen you at all these shows and I never knew what you did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that I think it's funny because we tend to interact with your staff yes. more than you. So we don't get to interact with you very much because we're just like, give me that cheesecake, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a bunch of roadies. But um but yeah, uh, it's been well, interesting. That's so true. And you know, I, I've been watching your show. Yes, sir. And uh, I know just about every guest you, I, I've worked with them. I, I'm like, oh my God, that, I yeah, never know what sure. they did. Yeah. Some of the guys I've worked with, even your brother, I've worked with and done, we've, we were talking about how many shows. It's and a I, lot I had of shows. Yeah. No idea. And when I, I saw George up in Tahoe at uh, Florence and the Machine show. Sure. And. I know who George is. I really didn't know what he did. His job is hard. You know, I get that. Because yeah. when you see George on a, a show site, which is not often, he doesn't really, my brother doesn't really, I mean, he's forgotten more shows than most people will ever do in this modern context. Yeah. It's just a different way of, of approaching the work. You know, more, we used to do tours back in the day, used to be longer, bigger, uh, you do more dates. And so, but at some point, uh, particularly with my brother, uh, he'll come out to, we have a thing where it's called Kiss the Ring. You come out and you talk to the people you're working for, not when you're working, right. that are working for you. Not necessarily that you don't talk to him, it's just he's not there to check in on us. We don't go to shows that often to check our crew. We've got a, some serious professionals doing that work and we trust that they're doing their job. We go to 
talk to the client really and yeah. say, hey, you know, we're here. Right on. Thanks for, you know, having us. It's, that's kind of the role that I think he plays. And uh, otherwise, well, he's just on the phone making deals. I mean, that's just what yeah. he does, you know. It's, so he was like, the first guy of, of all these different guys that I know, and I always see him backstage and don't know what to do. He actually took me and took me out to the console and says, this is what I do. Ah, and later on, awesome. when the show goes on, come out here, because this is a great place to see the show. It's actually the best place to hear it, too, usually. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. Yeah, that's a sweet spot. Wherever we tend to drop the board. Now, not every show is like this, but where we place front of house is what we call that area. Yeah. That real estate tends to be the sweet spot in the room. Yeah. Not always, but most of the time. And Andy, he's not wrong. It's a good place to see a show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was interested in, I know you did the catering for something that was special to a lot of people. It was the Jerry Garcia Memorial in, in Golden Gate Park. Yeah. Talk to us about that. That well, must have been huge. I don't know. If, the city of San Francisco, when Jerry died, all of a sudden realized that there was uh, everybody that owned a Volkswagen bus was headed to San Francisco <laughs> with everybody and, that could and, fit in the bus. And other buses, too. Yeah. I mean, their and entourage so was they, insane. They, uh, um, another, you know, as Bill Graham presents, got together uh, with the mayor and said, we've got to do something. We have to, we have to get all these people in one spot. So they decided to have a memorial at Golden Gate Park. Uh, this all happened. I think I got a call like on a Thursday afternoon, and I, I, they wanted me to feed a couple hundred people, you know, in two days. Wow. So uh, we just we just put it together. I was working with Mary Condi, great gal, yeah. and uh, uh, we put this whole thing together. And uh, as far as the catering is concerned, we were able to feed all the people that put it on, and uh, um, it was a, it was a, it turned out to be a great event. Yeah, that has to be fun. Uh, or at least interesting. I, probably fun's the wrong word to describe that moment. But yeah, a lot of people feeling some feelings and missing a, a legend in the, the music industry, the San Francisco music, yes. uh, Bay Area music. And, you know, Jimmy Gr uh, uh, Jerry Garcia doesn't get any bigger than that. Uh, I know he did some uh, catering with Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. I never got to work with Boss. I've actually never even seen him uh, live, which is unusual. Um, tell us, was there any special dietary needs, any special preparation had to go in to do that? I don't remember anything like, uh, there's there's some artists that I, I truly remember because they, they have a lot of dietary restrictions, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't really remember that so much, but it was uh, it was Another Planet's uh, first show, and Not it was sure. at AT&T Park, um, and so we got the opportunity to do that, and uh, uh, I actually snuck out and watched part of that show. It was amazing. I'm sure. Uh, um, but there wasn't any particular challenges to it other than just, you know, trying to make sure that everything is perfect as usual. All right. Uh, getting everybody fed on time. And this, like, this was another Planet's first show, so, you know, I wanted to make them proud. Um, I was proud to be doing it, that they even asked me to do it. Um, but it, it was a great show. Yeah, pretty big, uh, you know, to come right out the gates for another Planet, who are now a pretty major concern in the, the yeah. rock and roll uh, production game uh, throwing shows to come out of the gate at AT&T Park, which is also known as Giants baseball field, and throw a Bruce Springsteen show. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Woof. That's that's a thing. I, I know my brother did stacks and racks on that uh, from Sound On Stage, I believe, wow. at the time that we provided the gear for that, but I was off on some other mission. Um, well, I'd, I'd actually worked with, uh, I, no, maybe that was after that, but I'd, I'd also done a show with Bruce Springsteen at the Paramount. And it was just like him and, and a, a small back line. And 
and he was playing the piano and singing. Wow. Not not the E Street Band. But, yeah, intimate but performance he's an, with just Bruce an amazing, amazing artist and songwriter. And, yeah. Uh, He's I love seeing all, all sides, you know. Yeah, sure. No, from what I understand, very sweet guy and, uh, you know, good to the crew. And, yeah, one of those guys. But you couldn't be more right. What I mean, I think his first part of his career had a lot to do with writing songs that his record company didn't believe in and other artists did them and made these huge hits. And that was where his first success came from, actually, other people covering his work because he had a record company that was just a bunch of, you know, dummies. Yeah. <laughs> they were dealing with pure gold right there. Yeah. Um, I, we, we've had that. Back in the day, I want to say 20, 25 years ago, uh, the, the Chinese-Tibetan thing was going on, and, and, and so we decided to throw up a concert to do some, uh, some stuff to uh, send some aid and uh, relief to him. It was a charity thing. Do you, do you remember this, the Tibetan Freedom Concert? Yes. And yes. it had, I think it was Rage Against the Machine. Let me, let me take around this. Rage, Red, Red Hot Chili Sublime. Peppers, Sublime. I mean, this was a hell of a show. Yeah. This was, this was no uh, uh, small thing. And I mean, you kind of touched on it recently, and you had a couple of special memories from it. What do you remember from doing the Tibetan Freedom Concert, which was a uh, massive thing? Well, first thing. of all, that was the first uh, festival that we ever did. Okay. So uh, uh, I was working with Bedeka and Peter Barsotti from Bill Graham Presents sure, on it. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but they had all the Tibetan monks there. Mm -hmm. And so they came to us and, and they said, we need you to make yak tea. Uh -huh. Did you know what that was before? I had no idea. Yeah, it's and a very so special they gave, thing. They gave us all the ingredients <laughs> and all we had to supply was a burner and a big pot, but we had to keep it brewing constantly. That's correct. Uh, yak tea is yak tea. It is. It has a its own very specific... Aroma. Smell to it. <laughs> if you're not familiar, <laughs> just trust us on this one. It is a special thing. And um, so, good, bad? What was your feeling on the whole thing? Did you enjoy it? I oh, mean, getting I, your shoes wet in the, the festival. Oh, I, I, just, I loved it. Um, it was the first time I had to really figure out how to set up a, a field kitchen. Because mm -hmm. um, in Golden Gate Park, there's there's really no facilities. They, they're they have water and they have electricity and yeah. and the rest you got to provide. So that's correct. So I, I I operate mostly when I'm outdoors with propane equipment and uh, I I set like a whole deal up and uh, and we were able to keep up with all the demands and and kind of make it happen, you know, yeah. in the field. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was your first big test. And, yeah. And what a test! I mean, what a special event, you know, for yeah. a, a very important cause. But the the Barsotis were great to work with too. Barsotis are legendary. As yeah. just, you know, face it, that, that, that team, they, that you know, family. They don't, uh, I, I have to say, most of the, most of the people that I, work, that I work with as far as promoters and stuff, they, they, rarely do they put a lot of pressure on you. They kind of just, like, make you feel comfortable so you can just do your thing. And that's been a wonderful thing. Well, that's, uh, that's not, I haven't had the same experience that you had, <laughs> but I'm glad that it went that way for you. <laughs> I mean, with some. you and not me. Uh, yeah, no shit. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Uh, but with some, of course. You know, there's some are better than others. Yeah. And, um, and it's always a, you know, a um, slightly tense relationship between vendor and, and promoter. Yeah. But um, you have the Barsotis, you know, head and shoulders above many. Yeah. And, uh, Straight up pros. I mean, that family's. Uh, yeah, it was like uh, the, some of those families that produced, uh, you know, rock star and how these successful hit the Barsotis are like industry folk and 
Yeah. Yeah, if you want your shit done right, go to the bar sodies, no doubt. Uh, have you been keeping yourself busy since this whole? I know some stuff has slowed down for you, just like it has for us. Yeah. And being a, a deli owner, and essentially a restaurant owner. Yeah. Um, have you been keeping yourself busy during this whole COVID thing? What's been the secret? Well, I, I had, unfortunately, I had to lay a lot of my staff off, That's just rough. not work for them, right? Sure. So, uh, sure. So that means that a lot of the work that was done by the staff is now done by me. So I, I'm I'm staying really busy. Oh boy. Picking up. You know all yeah. this, all the slack, and uh, the deli's open Monday through Friday. Uh, we still have uh, we still have you know uh, corporate clients um, that are like the ones that when I come and visit you, I have one right down the street here in Hayward. Right. Uh, so we're still doing that. Um, we're not we're not nearly as busy as we used to be, and I, I I'm a guy who has to stay busy. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just. Uh, I'm, what are you I'm, running at percentage-wise? 25, 40, 50 percent. Ten percent. Ten percent. Yeah. Man, oh, that's rough. Yeah, that's rough. Oh, buddy, well, my heart's with you, and I hope that rebounds soon. That's, yeah. That's yeah. That's rough to keep it. I, I, but you know, you just have to. You have to take that equation, and and you have to cut back wherever you can to keep sure. going until until things pick up. And I know they will. My my glass is half full. Yeah. When you need to go out to. Um, you have your like a little mobile trailer you use when you have to go out to certain events that rolls up with you. And so, is that a thing? Yes. Well, I, we, you know that that's been stationary for a while. But actually, just I have a client that uh, that wants the bar business right now is like anybody had just a bar is not doesn't have a bar anymore because without food you can't open it. And so I have one client that uh, we we we're kind of partnering, and I, I'm going to set up the kitchen at his spot. And then he'll be able to open, and then I'll be able to do more business as well. So that that trailer's going to get some use. That's fantastic. You know, yeah. the scratching back thing. That's yeah. great when we can do it. Um, I know that you don't only just do the rock shows and, you, and run your your, your deli, um, but if you can, when a, a situation presents itself, you reach out to folks and try to help in extraordinary circumstances. I know in 2017 we had a tubs, what they called the tubs fire, which was catastrophic to many lives and. My understanding is you went out and posted up with your gear and, and cooked for the first responders and some of the folks that had lost their, their houses in the fire. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, we actually, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Nathan Trivers from the Up and Under, gave me a call, and he had started a, a, a GoFundMe page, mm -hmm. and he was getting all kinds of responses, and he called me up. He goes, Steve, he says, you know, uh, do you think we could take your kitchen up to Santa Rosa and help these guys out? And so... Yeah. Uh, he was working with somebody from the Red Cross or something, and uh, I took it up there, and and uh, we actually worked with Guy Fieri. He was the kind of he was that's kind of his neighborhood. Okay. Uh, so uh, he was he was like doing all the proteins, and we were doing all the sides oh, out sure. of the kitchen. Well, the guy's special spot is barbecue. And there was an amazing <clears throat> amount of. Uh, yeah. um, I, I can't. I think Rayleigh's and. Uh, there was a there, there was so much food that was there was three like fifty three foot tra refrigerated trailers full of food that was donated. That's a lot and of so food. So now we just got to figure out what make menus out of what we've got. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, but I bet you helped a lot of people that day. Uh, yeah, it was it was it it just kind of warms your heart, you know. To, sure. Well, and sadly that wasn't your last time having to do something like that because no, then the true. city of paradise and I guess we'd call that Northern California. Yeah. Um, more or less burned to the ground. Yeah, that was very sad. Uh, it had to have been 80, 90% of that whole city just whoosh, yeah. gone. And you did the same thing during that event? Was that 2019? Uh, well, we didn't go up and feed the firefighters on that one. Uh, another friend of mine who's uh, 
part of the, he's a, super, I think the supervisor of the Contra Costa County uh, Board of Education gave me a call and he reached out to the town of Paradise and said, how about if we do grad night for the kids? Oh, that's correct. I yeah. knew this. And so uh, he, I said, I'm, I'm all over that. I, I actually spent uh, a year and a half going to school in Chico, and I actually lived in Paradise. No kidding. So I knew Paradise really well. Sure. Uh, and so we, I said, sure. And we went, we went up there, and uh, there, was, there was one of the few buildings that didn't burn down was a church. And it was a church that was like, had the most amazing kitchen. Wow. Uh, so I was going to bring my trailer up for that, too. And I looked at the kitchen. I said, what do I need a trailer for? This is, you know, this is beautiful. Yeah, you got it all. So right we there. went up there and, and uh, we did grad night for the kids, uh, which, was, which was great. The, the, yeah, they the, wouldn't have had anything if you didn't do this. Uh, well, they had, they had a bunch of volunteers and they would have done something. But this way, the parents got to relax, too. Wow. So we kind of took it over and made it all happen. And they were, they were, it was like typical grad night. They were locked down. And so... You know, we, yeah. we had uh, food constantly in front of them. And, oh, that's very uh, sweet. That's but sweet. It, it, to, like I said, I, I lived in Paradise, and the, basically there's, there, you take the Skyway from Chico to get to Paradise, and there's one back road to get out, but that's it. And that's why so many people perished in that fire, because there's two two-lane roads, yeah. and that's it. And bottlenecked real quick. When we, we drove up to see it, it was just eerie, because it was just... Everything was burnt, and cars were just melted. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of it all, you'd see one house standing. Yeah, no, I, I and remember then this. And then you go along, and, and then there's like one more. And this church, this church, you know, unscathed. Uh, it sur- survived, and and uh, and anyway, that 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 was that was super cool. Good stuff, buddy. Yeah, that's gonna you know bring a little. The cockles, as you were. <laughs> um, 2017. So you know, I'm from Monterey. We got a uh, my gal's down there right this minute watching this show. I hope with her mother. Uh, and um, you went and did something very, very special. The first, I think, largely considered the first festival ever performed, ever put on, was in the city of Monterey. Yeah. It's called the Monterey Pop Festival. Yes. And it was a you know Jimi Hendrix, Otis Redding. I mean, every everybody played this thing. Yeah. Uh, and um, they wisely thought to celebrate the 50th anniversary of that, and I believe you catered that. What was that like? I did. Uh, well, I've I've worked uh, the Monterey Fairgrounds many times, so I kind of I know there's no particular challenges. As a matter of fact, uh, they I had more access to their facilities on this particular event than I had on any of the other shows. Normally, I I bring my mobile kitchen and we kind of set up outside and sure. we use the dining area. But this time they let us use the indoor kitchen as well, so that, that was really nice. Yeah, very helpful. I'm sure. uh, yeah, um, we had great weather. You know, Monterey can be a little you can know, get a little foggy sometimes. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah, right. uh, great that's weather. Nice. And uh, uh, one thing really cool about the concert was that they brought back. Uh, Booker T and the MGs were there, who had actually been Otis Otis's backup band. Yeah, Nora Jones was there. Well, a lot of people that had uh, somehow had a connection with the original. That's great. Yeah, it was great. That must have been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I've done a lot of actual different work at the fairgrounds, from the Oak Ridge Boys to Black Flag back in the early days of our career. So a, f- a food part of that. Yeah. Uh, they came to me at the last one. A guy named Jeremy French that was working with uh, with another planet okay. came to me and said, "Hey, look, I I've got to have some food up all night for my guys. Is there anything you can do?" It's another one of those, you know, 
It wasn't planned, but we're yeah, going to do something. That's called a change order. And so I think, they, I think they were thinking that we were just going to find a bunch of leftovers and put it out for just them. Just push it onto a table, you yeah, know, but enjoy. In, instead, we, we, did a, we did an ice cream sundae bar. And we had two kinds of ice cream and all kinds of toppings. And, and every time I see Jeremy, he can't stop talking about it. He How goes, much you he, love that? He says, you saved my ass. <laughs> ice cream goes, goes far. Everybody's yeah. been raving about it all That's night great. long. And, you That's know, really it, it, for me, it was something really simple to do. But, it, sure. but you know, one of those things. It that, obviously worked very well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's Leah Wilson's asking. Uh, Hi, Leah. What's the most intimate gig you've done? Yeah. Intimate as far as. Uh, probably close, um, you know, um, I was just about to ask you about your work at Aftershock, you know, making catering for a bunch of metalheads. So maybe the opposite of that. Ah, okay. Um, well, we've worked for, we've catered for a lot of, uh, a lot of black tie kind of affairs sure. uh, that are entertainers. Mm -hmm. uh, Diana Krall. Oh, she's amazing. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of... Frank cool. Sinatra. You, uh, you, you catered for Frank? Yes. Oh, man. So uh, those, you know, uh, when, when we get the writer and we get all the information, they want every, you know, you, you just don't show up. And uh, I, I couldn't show up like I am now in church. You know, you got, I got to have slacks and a white sure, shirt and maybe sure. a tie. And everything's got to be a little more foo-foo. Sure, sure. Uh, so, yeah. I, as far as rock and roll, that's probably, those are some of the most intimate sounds very nice I, I didn't know you had worked with frank that's uh that's a big one that's a, that's definite on the resume one right there yeah i mean it's frank sinatra for christ's sake chairman of the board well his son was the conductor of the orchestra yeah, so yeah, I, that's I, frank I, I pretty Jr. much worked mm -hmm. pretty much through his son um but i did get to meet frank which was very very cool yeah and a little uh, dude yeah, yeah, just surprisingly short. It is, yeah. You wouldn't imagine. He's kind of not at the end though. He had to put on a little weight, not heavy, because he was always a very skinny man. Yeah. But yeah, I remember at the end there, he he kind of filled up in the right way. You know, he kind of yeah, it was interesting. But an incredible entertainer. What a voice. I mean, yeah. really national treasure. Um, Aftershock Festival, making food for metalheads. You got to spike the salad, do anything with that. I mean, how do we? <laughs> no, you know what they they. Metalheads eat just like everybody else. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I didn't experience that on Iron Maiden. But okay, I'm going to try to take your word for it. But it was good times? <laughs> yeah, very good times. All right. On. Yeah, that's super fun. Uh, Paul McCartney. Now, I've had a few guests that have worked for Paul McCartney. And, you know, it's, it's mega. I mean, he's Paul McCartney. It's, it's like British Frank Sinatra. Yeah. And, you know, for just large S. I mean, he, I think he's our, the world's first billionaire uh, musician. Yeah. Uh, what was it like working with Paul McCartney? Um, uh, I thought it was going to be a much bigger challenge than it was. Uh, Paul McCartney's camp insists that you serve vegetarian food from the beginning of the, load, the metal days, the load-in days, until load-out. Yeah. So even if he's gone, everybody, the whole crew, eats vegetarian. And I thought, doing this for like seven or eight days, uh, you know, I'm going to run out of ideas. But... Uh, um, thank God it wasn't vegan because we were allowed to use cheese oh, yeah. and that some dairy products and that kind of stuff. But uh, been very limiting. I think that there was there was a whole lot of stagehands that came to me and said, "You know what? This is really good." <laughs> That's you great. know, uh, That's we great. did we did all kinds of pizzas. Uh, we did Mexican food. Um, eggs are okay for vegetarians, so I mean, it it, it turned out to be that. not as much of a challenge as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And so then, like, the next time around when I worked with Paul, it was like 
you know, my nerves weren't yeah. as much as they were the first yeah, time. I thought, like, gosh, I, I'm good. I got this. I can yeah, do this. Yeah. I pull it off before it, I'll pull it off again. Uh, we, we were speaking before in the intro uh, about Kenny Wardell, you know, Barry, a legend, classic human being. And you did his Bammies from, what, 96 to 2000? Yeah, a long, I think I just did, I did all the original shows, I think. No, um, well, the, 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 his, there was a little break in the Bammies. Yes. So the original shows started in the late 70s, I believe, and yeah. went into, I'm pretty sure the whole 80s. Yeah. Yeah, but so you did the 96. Well, I think in even one year it was called the California Music Awards. It's, it's actually, that is actually, it's, we call it the Bammies. It's, it gets a little confusing there, but it is the California Music Awards, but it's also the Bay Area music. Yes. So, and that's the, where the word Bammy comes from, is BAM, yes. Bay Area music. And so, but was it enjoyable? Did you, any special challenges? Uh, not, well, number one, uh, we were volunteers. Really? Yeah, we volunteered our, our services, and basically wherever the Bammies were, they gave us seats. Or at, at, when it was at the Civic Auditorium, they gave us a table for 10. Uh, um, I was, uh, my business in Walnut Creek was five minutes away from BAM Magazine's headquarters. Oh, sure. And so uh, uh, we already had a good relationship with them. And they, they said, hey, would you like to do this? You know, you're not going to make any. I said, I don't care. This is, you know, this is, this, this will be fun. Yeah. So we fed the crew and then we would always set up. A, a, they had a, always had a hospitality room where everybody could kind of go. Uh, in between sets or whatever, and the entertainers would come in and, and like uh, we'd feed or, them. Yeah, check room. One fun story, if you know my uh, uh, Linda Perry from sure. Four Non Blondes, uh, no we, were, we were serving chocolate dipped strawberries in uh, mm-hmm. in our hospitality area. She came and sat on my lap and, and had, had me feeding her chocolate. She is a very forward woman. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, but I she know. was fun. <laughs> she so, actually know. went on from Four Non Blondes to become quite. I mean, when I say it, I cannot. It, put emphasis enough on the word successful yeah. songwriter. Yes. She sells a lot of songs to artists that aren't aware that those are not that, that artist's songs yeah. and has um, done it. Kind of a Carol King kind of person. Very much like a Carol King person. Yeah. And many ways, actually, like Carol King. Very good at, yeah, drawing a line between, for sure. Yeah. Um, amazing woman, amazing artist, incredibly talented, incredibly talented. What do you believe was your most well-received dish that you brought to a show? The one that's universal, the one that we all eat up and is gone. What's the thing that we like the most as far well, as you can tell? It's, it's been a long road. Um, in the beginning, uh, you know, we were, it, everybody just ordered meat and potatoes. Mm-hmm. And then diets came in. Yeah. And, you know, we, we've had to evolve as, you know, as dietary changes have come along. But I would say in, in the last, like, 10 years, one of the things that we do uh, is an udon noodle bar. That oh. always goes over really well. We we cut. We'd like to do stations when we can. Sure. So you come in and you can get this here and you can get that there. And I think with, with you know the what's going on now, it's it's really going to become a, a big thing because you just go to a station, you get your food, and it's not like a buffet kind of thing. You go and have it made for you. Yeah. Um, we uh, we uh, worked for the Rolling Stones. Uh, about two years ago, and mm-hmm. what, that was one of the things at dinner time that we did. And the the band mem- members that ate like came up and had to tell me how great it was. Oh, that's so nice. I've always got it's always been well received. But when Ronnie Wood comes up and says, you know, this this rocks, guy, yeah. then I'm like, okay, we're gonna, we're going to keep doing that. Yeah, you, you know, did just, good. Yeah. yeah, when Ronnie, yeah, that's that's a high compliment from Ronnie yes. Wood. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, 
I know you've done some supplemental uh, catering with Ozfest. How, did you enjoy that? What was that like for you? Well, when we did that, uh, at the time, uh, one, of, one of my dear friends, Terry McEwen, was doing all the food backstage mm-hmm. at, at um, Shoreline. Right. And uh, when they get a really big show like Ozfest, uh, they, their, their kitchen area, they, they had so many artists they had to deal with. They needed to set up an auxiliary kitchen, and they needed to f- had to send all the crew over there instead of letting yeah. them eat in the normal dining area. So that, my opportunities at Shoreline were generally when, when something was so big that they needed, they needed a second. You came out and Yeah, so we, we would fee, feed all the crew. And, yeah, now the Ozfest is no small effort. That is yeah. a, a very large, well-attended thing. Uh, you know, you've been doing this for, uh, you've been in the game for a long time. Um, what do you, based on your experiences and what you understand is going on today, you have any sense of what the future holds for us? Well, it's going to be different. Think so? Yeah, uh, it's going to be different. But uh, I, shows are going to go on. Shows are going to come back. Uh, they're just going to be done differently. Yes. Um, and it'll. I think it'll be a while before uh, everybody feels like they can just go back to the way things were. And I may, that may never happen. We're just going to you and I and everybody's going to have to just approach it in a different way. I think the buffet thing will probably go away for yeah, a while. That, yeah, yeah, which was always my favorite approach to it. You just kind of get the amount. Well, you the salad the bar, you know. Out. Yeah, Some, you know, I, I, at Outside Lands, we put we put together this absolutely enormous Dude, salad I, bar. I, I, <laughs> I can know? attest to this. It was a fantastic, wonderful. I mean, and yeah, it was. You and made that's it, that's that no, you know, no, 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 everybody's not going to touch the same utensils or yeah. whatever else. It's yeah. going to be different. It's definitely going to be different. Yeah. Well, Steve, I really appreciate you coming out and representing, you know, uh, as a roadie and representing, I think, some roadies in, with this group here and what we're doing. We appreciate you more than you could possibly know. And if they haven't, you haven't been thanking your caterer at shows, guys, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. This is the guy. Come on. <laughs> right? He you cook some of the best do food. It right. Make sure they know, okay? The feedback is, goes a long way. We really appreciate the service you provide, how well you do it, with the professionalism and the... the cool and calm demeanor that you bring to the table and the love you show us here at Sound Image. Thank you very much for uh, coming on the it. show. It was an absolute yeah. pleasure to talk with you tonight. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to all these guys that that I've uh, come to know from your show that I already knew but didn't know what they do. And I, <laughs> I'm looking forward to getting back to it because I'm going, now I know what you do. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, I won't lie. We put this show together so you would be able to recognize faces and what to do because... <laughs> It, it, any service we can provide, my brother, to you is there we go. Uh, you know, our, our, our <laughs> honor. Thank you for coming on. You got it. All right, buddy. Hey, listen, it looks like we've had some... Oh, look, it looks like Susie Dugan. Hi, Susie. How are you, sweetie? Hey. And it looks like, oh, my God, Jacqueline Canterbury. Jackie, she's one wonderful, true, one and only love. Thanks for commenting, honey. I can't wait to see you tomorrow. Jorge Wado got out to us, the best catering in the business, and a dear friend. You, you tell him, Jorge. That's Jorge Arwado. Yeah. You know who that is? Yes. That's my brother. <laughs> he's, he's, he's messing with us a little bit. Not under what he said, but in his name. That's very good, brother. Thank you, Daddy. Uh, Dana Robinson, I really enjoyed last night. You're putting it on a list. I will see you in a regular part of my screen time. Almost right on. Thank you, Dana. We'd love to have it. Now, Pat O'Doul. Uh, is, uh, he I'm, just said his internet went down. He's yeah, all right. Pat, He's so back. We have to speak about Pat. Pat is a friend of the show. He's a badass in his own right. He... Was sitting and he noticed. Well, I got a lot of crap on the table. I won't go into why, but he he noticed the cards, and so he made us some cards. Mike, you come on, and so he's 
card deck of cards, right? Check this shit out. <laughs> Came at a deck of cards with my ugly mug on it. Very sweet. He sent us ten decks. That is very cool of you, Pat. We really appreciate it. And with the with the pirate, this you can only read this letter in pirate speak because, as you know, we are pirates. And it's really kind. Pat went out of his way. Thank you, Pat. You're very kind, and it was very sweet of you. Our good, good friend, friend of the show. Oh, oh, wait, let me check in real quick. Crew Music Asia, that's Clint. Hey, Clint, I hope you're having fun over there. He's, he's out. I told him I just finished a bag of jerky, and yes. me, me and Micah were flashing flashlights out of at you the whole time. <laughs> you got to be careful what you give my people, Charlie, because <laughs> they're children, and they're going to they're gonna act up. So, you know, so Charlie sent us some gifts because that's what Charlie does, and we love Charlie. Charlie, thank you. You're a sweet man. And uh, I, I got a report from my wife that you sent her something, too. That was very kind of you, Charlie. You, you're a very... Very good friend. We appreciate you very much. And um, we appreciate all of you guys, all the viewers. You know, we, we do really do this for you guys. We get to play with our stuff and hang out with our friends. But but we do do this for you and to support our pages, our closed Facebook group. So we hope you enjoy the show. Hey, and uh, send in your address if you want a package from us. If you want some swag or anything like that, get a hold of me or Vinny and we'll send you something out. Absolutely. What, what the kid said, definitely we'll do that. We need sizes. Tell, yeah, send, send us your tell size. Tell us your size, okay? You know, large, medium, extra large. Most of us are extra large. Uh, yeah, that's a whole other show. Um, but, yeah, send, send us off some information, and, and we'll send you back a little goodie bag. Um, you know, I couldn't do this without the support of the crew. Um, and, and, Charlie, thank you for the neat little gifts, the little odd shit. It is so perfect to be on the desk, and I love the jerky. Thank you, brother. Um, and my love to you. Keep care of yourself. Uh, remember, you can see us on YouTube, Facebook Live, and Twitch every week. We have podcasts out on Amazon Music, Google, um, Pandora, uh, Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify. And Spotify. So uh, if you want to hear the audio version of this show and the mini that we've done, I believe this is episode 27. I'm not exactly sure, but we got a few of them. Um, please check in with us. Next week, we're having the one and only Winston Dama. Now, Winston Dama. Uh, when I when I reached out to Winston and, and I've been knowing him for a minute now, and I know he's got this ridiculous resume. You think you've done a lot of shows, and I asked him, "Well, you know, Winston, help me out so I can write the show. Send me your list of the bands you've worked with. It's seven pages long, um, and I'm not joking. <laughs> wait till you get the wait till you meet Winston. Winston is an all around badass and has worked for pretty much everybody. Currently, is the Pointer Sisters front house guy, but he's he, the, I'm not kidding. Seven pages." And an amazing, amazing artist, 30-plus uh, years in the business, incredible engineer. He's going to be on next week. Please check him out. Um, we couldn't do it without the good and loving support of Sound Image Productions and my dear brother, Jorge Eduardo, uh, <laughs> and, our, and our fearless leader, David Stone of Southern California Sound Image. We thank you guys for allowing us this space. Thanks, um, uh, The gear, uh, we get some help from the gear. The cameras come from LSV, that's large screen video. You want to go big? You want to see a big lead wall? Yeah, you call Large Screen Video and talk to Cameron Brown. He will hook it up. They're, they're some of the greats in the industry. And, again, we miss you, John Rigney, and love to the whole crew over at LSV Large Screen Video. Um, the good people at SlowFiber.com, they help us out with some masks and sewing needs, drapes, stuff we get up to. They're good with all things fabric, uh, sewing notions, and so on. They provide us masks so guys at our other shops can feel safe and comfortable working. And uh, we appreciate you, SlowFiber.com. Thank you. Reach out to them if you need some of these things. And, of course, Chef's Touch. Now, you want some good. You're putting on a show. 
and you want to eat right, and you want a, a person that is stand-up and honest and does his job well, reach out to the good people at Chef's Touch. I'm telling you, I've never had a bad meal from this man. I've never had... Uh, he's the best. You reach out to him. He can provide you with a hell of a service, and, and it's, it's just wonderful and a treat. And I do, once again, thank him for being on the show. Um, we will do this again next Thursday. Oh, wait, I almost forgot to thank you, kids. We got a lighting director. Our lighting guy is Alan Pettibone. Thank you, Al, for making us with the lights so people can see us. Thank you, Al. Yeah, Al is a good man. And of course, uh, Michael Brown back there, like just operating everything. I can't state that enough. Michael Brown. I'm going to put a camera over there and force him to like when I go to this moment in the show. I'm going to make him like you just have one button yeah, over can, here that overrides you know, everything. Do this kind of thing, you know. We're showing your face just so you can <laughs> see this. This guy is crazy, and his Video Village would impress the shit out of you. We got a lot of gear over there and so uh, and Mikey's running it all thank you Michael Brown and then my good good friend Kyle Thomas and all the good things you help with and being on the show thank you my brother anytime thanks for having me brother. of course Daddy. I don't have you you're just a part of a thing <laughs> yeah this is this is a joint team effort again we'll be back next Thursday with um, Winston D- Dama please tune in you know, it should be a really good show until then be kind to each other take care of each other stay out of trouble and we'll see you again good night